Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I have Gareth Barker from Sunderland with me in the studio as always. We have two guests on the phone, former Black Cat Darren Williams and ESPN's Dom Rayner for the Man United perspective. Gareth and I are podding alone this evening, uh, at least in the studio. We have not one but two guests on the phone, you lucky, lucky people. We have former Sunderland and England B international, Darren Williams, on the phone to discuss the predicament the lads currently find themselves in. And we'll also speak a little bit about when Darren used to play, get some get some memories back as well, because we don't want it to be too gloomy here, um, <laughs> as it's been every single week since we started this thing. And then we have Dom Rayner joining us, who is a journalist for ESPN, and he's also a Manchester United supporter, so he's going to be giving us the new perspective of the game. So we've got a lot to get through, uh, despite only me and Gareth being here, which is why we're going to go straight into this, Gareth. And I suppose the only thing we can talk about instantly is yeah. Stephen Fletcher. Yeah. Obviously, we discussed a lot of stuff last week, me, uh, yourself, Tom and I, and this development happened on that night so <laughs> we um, haven't had a chance to talk about no. it now I was working for Sun FM today so thanks to them as always for the audio we have Martin was quick to say there's nothing we can do about the Stephen Fletcher situation we just have to get on with it on the surface of it this appears to be our worst nightmare um, but we have no choice now to view this as an opportunity for Danny Graham to prove himself we were seeing that the partnership wasn't working anywhere Graham appeared to be doing fine at Swansea up front by himself it's sink or swim time for him now, you feel? Well, yeah, I mean, they've all got to step up to the plate, um, but Graham in particular will want to, um, obviously, uh, coming in the January window and his roots again, as we talked about, and he's just got to, he's, he's got to see this as an opportunity to, to make himself a bit of a bit of a hero and turn things around for himself on the pitch, and I'm sure if he keeps us up with his goals and off the pitch... Um, He'll be a very popular player. Well, I asked Martin O'Neill today if you know Danny Graham was going to take this as an opportunity to present his own case, you know, rather than worry about the expectation levels. And this is what he said. Well, I think that's right. You know, uh, I think that um, um, you know he um, he's come into the football club. Obviously, would love to have had the same sort of start as uh, Stephen Fletcher had to his Sunderland career. Um, hasn't materialised at this moment, but of course, Danny, as you say, has, has scored goals in this league. So um, once he gets up and running and off the mark, then the rest should follow. Now, this is all speculative, of course, because we are going with the assumption that O'Neill isn't going to pair him with Conor Wickham. There's yeah. been absolutely no indication thus far that he trusts Conor. So 
we may see that extra body in midfield that we crave for. I mean, against Manchester United, you would have had to have done that anyway, you would yeah. have thought. But, you know, he hasn't been doing that. So, what do we think? What do we think? Conor Wickham's not going to play, is he? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, I think he will see there's an opportunity to go back to the uh, to five in the middle in some capacity and, and go with Graham up front on his own. Um I don't know about the not trusting Wickham thing because he did play him for for a spell when Fletcher was out early in the season and, and previously had been playing Sessegnon up on his own um, and he when he had Wickham as an option so you know he, he did he did give Wickham a go in in that system with with Sessegnon in behind him but obviously mm-hmm. Fletcher came back and he came straight back in but maybe he's just he's wary of really. Bigging up Conor Wickham in case mm-hmm. it doesn't quite work out from you never know he might just chuck him in but yeah he doesn't seem like the kind of person who's going to spring mass surprises like you know yeah um, like Keane used to when he used to you know randomly bring in Martin Waggon against Manu yeah. or whatever <laughs> I suppose what we keep seeing all the time is we forget about how young Conor Wickham is but I think also Tom made a good point last week that nobody seems to have put trust in him uh, mm. up to now but. Again, the stage of the season we at, maybe that's not the yeah. time to do it. And ideally, you would prefer him to like learn off people like Danny Graham, wouldn't you? Yeah. Rather than throw him in there in the deep end now. Well, he had Sahar at the beginning of the season as well, and there was a lot of talk about he came in to to help the younger players. And um, I don't know, it's a funny one with Wickham. It's it is that a case of a player, and you get it often where the, the longer he doesn't play, um, the better he becomes. And yes, he has done well for England under 21s um he's done okay for the reserves um but you just you just don't know i mean if you chuck him in on saturday and he doesn't do that well, well then, then people are going to be that's you know it. on his back straight away at this stage and it's it's a gamble uh, it would be i think it would be a gamble to play wickham i think people are keen to see yeah, him yeah. but i think it would be a gamble i agree and it's time it really is time for danny graham to sort of puff his yeah. chest out now you feel because you feel that had fletcher not been injured and danny graham continued this run where he wasn't scoring goals etc that one excuse he could have always used is well I'm not used to playing in the front too mm. I'm not saying he would have yeah. but it would have been one that he could have ticked off now that's yeah. one he can't go down that route now but it's important like I said to Martin in the original question is that there's two ways this can work one all of a sudden added weight of expectations on his shoulders or secondly you know we would we would hope that he would think, no, I'm going to take responsibility now. I'm playing. I'm going to be playing up front by myself, which is what I'm used to. You certainly would like to think he has the attitude for that. I mean, he's worked his way up the leagues, so I don't think there's any any debate about his attitude or no, anything like that. I think it's. I don't think it's appeared that way when he's played at all. I think he looks slightly out of touch, but you can't argue, you can't say that he's hiding in games. He's he's always getting him trying to get himself mm-hmm. involved. Yeah. He, he he does look a bit off the pace, but. Is that just him or is a, a lack of match fitness? Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out. Which well, he'll be the focal point now. He's got to be match fit now. Yeah. Um, and there's no, no better way to start. It's like I said earlier, sink yeah. or swim time, isn't it? No better way to kickstart your Sunderland career than yeah. hat trick against Man United, <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, nice, nice and easy. Yeah. Uh, we've got a great record up here against him. Um, I think I'm going to deviate away from that a little bit now. Um, I think you established on the site, Gareth, that Adam Johnson was right and what he said to the press this week about mm. how he isn't receiving the ball high enough up the field. He's absolutely right. Yeah. He absolutely isn't. Anybody who knows anything can tell you how to put this bluntly. Our pathetic midfield presence yeah. has been to blame for that. Yeah. Um it was I think with with the Johnson thing it was just more of a it was nice to hear a player come out and not say 
oh we're up to this game at the weekend yeah. and we're all in this together all, it's gonna yeah. be it's you know it's a rallying call and it's you know it's a must-win game blah 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 it was just nice to hear somebody come out and you know highlight how it, I mean, at least he's shown a bit of self-confidence there going well, well I have it. done this in the game and yeah. you know I could do a lot better if mm-hmm. given this given the opportunity I could do a lot better and, and I, right. I agree with he's him right. Yeah. he's right and you, you, you sometimes wish that Martin O'Neill might come out and say the same of course yeah. he's got to protect protect yeah. his own players of course we've established all this a lot um, last week I one um, alternative I suppose you know that said it's okay saying that okay you know we're agreeing with him we haven't got the midfield presence we aren't getting the ball up, up to him quick enough high enough up the field but then there's an argument then if we can't do that and we, we aren't going to start doing that now between now and no. the end of the season then there's always a a possibility we could take him out the side or move. I know you want to see him move behind the centre yeah. forward, but it's, it's, there's no point taking him out though because you take him out, you, you just you replace. The thing is, people look at people like Johnson and Sessignon mm-hmm. will get criticised more regularly um, because they don't deliver enough, but they're delivering something. The problem is if you take players who deliver something out of the side and replace them with players who deliver nothing. You're going to have a team of players who deliver nothing, <laughs> well, and that that's the uh, yeah. pro- that's the dangerous. It's dangerous. You, you know, careful what you wish for, because you know, drop Sessignon, drop Johnson for those reasons that you're not happy with the the whole package. You don't you don't think they're delivering to the capacity, while the other players aren't either, and they're nowhere near as good as them when they're, when they're on top form either. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you've got to keep them in there for me. And I, I say I would play. I would try Johnson in behind. I just think he'd have more space to work in. He'd be dangerous running at defenders from deeper positions in the in the opposition's half, and he, he wants to get near the near the box. He wants to get in the box. Um, you know, he hasn't really the goals he scores. I, I wouldn't say like Johnson's missed any sitters this season or anything. No. He, and the goals he scored have, have been you know from distance really. Yeah. So. Well, he's, he's totally right what he's saying. He doesn't get the ball up high, no. high enough up the field. But I suppose my only you know counter against that would be well, although that isn't his fault. Can we rectify the situation? Mm. Because there's an argument that James McLean is better suited to mm. receiving the ball deep, like he did last season. You know, he's got bigger lungs on him, you would have mm. thought, than Johnson. But I, apparently, and I didn't watch it, he put in a, a great performance mm. for Ireland the other night, and he managed to get some crosses into the box. So I asked Martin O'Neill today whether it would be a good time in the season for James McLean to find some of that form. Yeah, I think that um, uh, he, uh, he uh, by all accounts, I didn't see the Sweden game. I watched a lot of the match against um, uh, against Austria, and uh, it's good to see him. You know, he's he's come back. He looks as if he's uh, got a bit of refreshment. And um, over the course of the season, I think that um, he'd been a wee bit disappointed uh, from some of his performances. But he's, um, you know, he's got that um, he's got that hunger. And um, and determination to do well. So I, I think um, you're right. Between now and the end of the season, great opportunity for him. Gareth, um, well, I'd like to see McLean back in um, at the weekend, just because he gives you a lot more defensively, and we're going to need that. Um, and you know, he does get up and down um, his work rate, and his uh, his tackling's very good actually. Um, I think there's some good statistics around about his tackling. Yeah. Um, and, they, and I would move Johnson off the front. I'd move him yeah. inside, play him mm-hmm. off the front, play McLean on the left, and Tony was dropping. Right. Well, I was talking about this um, earlier. You just said, you you just said no, two no, minutes ago yeah, yeah. that you can't drop him. No, no, no. Like but it. in this instance, I'm not saying I'd definitely drop him. But <laughs> it's just that thing. 
are we going to go if you went with a flat five would you play would you risk exposing Gardner or mm-hmm. you will probably play full back are you going to risk exposing Gardner with Sessegnon on the right against Manchester United mm-hmm. in a game where if we can just stay solid we might get a point that's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking nice and positive there but and I think Gardner might go to midfield Bardsley is he not ready I don't know I, well, th- I think he, I think he might he could take on. Bardsley's all one for all all the criticism Bardsley gets. I suppose he, he he plays better on the back foot, which was certainly yeah, yeah. Be I on guess thing. he I guess he wouldn't do not be any pressure on him to, um, you know play anything expansive. I guess he'd be in there for his defensive mm-hmm. qualities if he's still got any. Well, with that- hi, Darren. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here, mate. Yeah. Okay, Darren. Um, are you? Su- I'm going to just dive straight in and ask you this. Uh, this wasn't supposed to happen for Sunderland this season, the predicament we find ourselves in. Are you as surprised as the rest of us that we're suddenly involved in a relegation scrap now? I am, yeah, to be quite honest, because you know I, I didn't envisage it. To be quite honest, I, you know, I actually, I actually thought, you know, maybe it's maybe it's mid-table, maybe it's top half of the table. Uh, to be quite honest, um, it, it, it is a, you know, it's a shock really more than anything. Mm-hmm. Certainly is. What? Um, I started thinking about was in the ninety six ninety seven side when I was just a young sixteen year old. We, you played in that side, and we were sitting mid table for a long time that season with, with you know a squad that Peter Raider put together, and all of a sudden we just crashed at the last minute, fell out of the league on forty points. It was a record at the time. Is there any sort of similarities to this? Do you think? Well, I mean, I think obviously, you know, the the game game as a whole has changed as well. Um, yeah, you know, I understand what you're saying with the circumstances of you know mid table, and then you know we you know we end up you know getting relegated on you know on probably you know forty points, which which was probably you know not heard of you know prior to that. I think you know, I mean, what it is is the second half of the season that you know is always a battle. You know, teams teams are scrapping to stay up, and obviously teams are fighting out for the championship, and I think. The second half half of a season is always the telling half of a season. I think, to be quite honest, I think you know you you know you you live or die by the sword, really. To be quite honest, and, un, and unfortunately at this moment in time, you you know we're kind of tapering off. Um, you know, probably at the wrong time of the season, really. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's unfortunate, and like obviously it's, it's unforeseen. You know, by by many people, you know, nobody expected this. Yeah, and it, do, how big is confidence in this, Darren? When you just start losing a few games, does the players' confidence all, all of a sudden go down and they start playing beneath themselves? Yeah, of course it does. I mean, you know, confidence is key, isn't it, in football? And you know, winning winning breeds confidence. Um, you know, and unfortunately, you know, there, there will be a lack of confidence in, in the ranks. Um, you know, and the, and, the, and the lads, you know, will be struggling for that. You know, and it's tough things in a game that you know it, it sets your mind, you set your mind wandering. Really, you know, of, you know, if you go if you go a goal down, you know, if yeah. you've been on a losing streak, you kind of expect to lose. Here we go again. Um, yeah, yeah. I think you know, I've been mentally strong. Uh, I think the manager's got to be you know mentally strong with the players and, and, and try and get that that winning mentality. You know, even though it's been obviously. You know, poor results of recently. You know, we've got to get back to winning mentality, and you've got lads have got to go out there. Obviously, give 110. percent I'm not saying they're not, mm-hmm. um, but when things are going against you, you know, it's 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 the mentality that you need, and the, it's the experience you need to draw on within the squad. Yeah. Hi, Darren. Uh, just to, on the on the subject of the dressing room and, and that confidence. Um, obviously, this week, the, sort of the, the news we kind of all thought regarding Catamore. I know Fletcher's out for the season now, which is a massive blow, but. I know Catamore has been in and out, and we kind of expected him to be done for the season as well. But talking about you know being in a dressing room in in a relegation battle like you were um, a, a couple of times, really, um, you know, we're in a situation yeah. now where Catamore's not there. We haven't got yeah. that captain in the dressing room. Uh-huh. You know, 
what happened yeah. in that situation? Who who were looking at to to step up to the plate in that dressing room and get people going for these games that we've got the eight games that we've got coming up that are already the the old expression cup finals? You know. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I mean to be honest, for, from a point of view of people stepping up, I mean, I, I know Catamore's out and I know Fletcher's obviously you know is out as well. You know, they are big they are big key players. You know, from the from the playing field, yeah. but they're still there in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, they can still be in the dressing room. You know, they can yeah. still be around the lads. They can still play a massive part. Yeah. You know, in in the remainder of this season. Um, yeah, you know, obviously they're not going to play from a physical point of view. Um, but you know, in that dressing room, they can be the key figures. You know, and and whatever they bring to the to the to the team on the pitch, they can still bring the you know that type of attitude and that. Type of commitment to the dressing room, yeah. you know, get behind the rest of the lads. You know, the, you know, from my point of view, yeah, you know, the season might be over from a point of view of playing, um, but from being involved, you know, it, it, you know, it's a squad game as we know. Um, you yeah. know, and now other lads have got to step up and produce the goods on the field. Um, but you know, Catamol and Fletcher have got to be there in the background within within the, within the dressing room. You know, which I know there will be. Yeah. You know, around around the training pitch. You know, you know, getting that getting that feeling back up. You know, that winning mentality. That you know lads be mentally strong for yeah. a game you know and they, they can play a key role from that side of things although like you say they won't be on the pitch you know that, that's that's where that's where we'll miss them but it's you know it's time for players to step up and step into their, into their boots and you know show what they've got as well Do you think um, with Brown coming back as well you, you play the training game whether it'll be I don't think he'll be involved in the weekend I, I, I don't know but I know Quayla's out so he might be on the bench but someone like that could that give and even John O'Shea on, on, of course John O'Shea yeah, yeah. so you know you've got Brown coming in there yeah, on course. the pitch I mean, and off. I know you've seen he's he's probably been involved off the pitch as well. But coming back in as a player as well, having yeah. that, that surely that'll give a boost to the lads thinking, "Oh, we've got Brown back." Yeah, of course it will. You know, it's, it's a massive boost. You know, I mean, you know, you know, Wes Brown's been. You know, he's played in some fantastic games, hasn't he? You know, he's yeah. had a great career so far. You know, and you know he's continuing that. But yeah, you know, he'll have had a, he'll have been influential influential when he's been injured. You know, around the dressing room. You know, around the training ground. Um, you know, and, and now obviously he's getting himself back at the team. It's, it, you know, it's got to be a boost. You know, yeah. when you see when you see players that you know that of that caliber coming back from injury, you know, coming back into the squad, you know, it does give you a little lift. And you think, yeah, you know, we, we you know we're, we're starting to get people back. We're starting to get a little bit of strength in depth. Yeah, you know, we've been hit this week with Catamol and Fletcher, but you know, we've got Brown coming back. You know, we, you know, we look we're looking forward to that. You know, we've got to look for the next game. Do you know what I mean? You know, we're looking to the Man United yeah. game, and you know, we've got to go out there and give our all. You yeah. know. You know, results can happen. You know, we've seen it. We've seen it happen. You know, and, and it, but it all stems down from hard work at the end of the day. You know, and, and we've got to get the, the right mental attitude. You know, leading up to the game, and then you know the hard work is you know has got to be done on the pitch yeah. from the lads. I don't know how much of Sunderland you've seen this season, Darren, but uh, Martin O'Neill's decision to go four four two seems to have derailed the side slightly. It's it's a little bit different from sort of ten fifteen years ago when you were playing. Perhaps what what do you think about four four two modern football and Sunderland in, in particular? Do you think we've got the midfielders good enough to play that formation? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean you, you know form, formations are formations at the end of the day. You know you know you, you've still got eleven players on the pitch regardless. Um, you know, so obviously some teams you know prefer to go with one up one up top and you know and, and try and obviously you know get support from the midfield. You know, playing it playing a five across there. You know, like I say, at the end of the day, you put your best eleven players out on the pitch. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, once they step over that white line, they've got to go and do the business. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's it, you know again you know it goes back to being a collectiveness. You know, everyone's got to be together. Everybody's got them to be batting in the right direction. You know, a, a good you know a good strong attitude. You know, going into a game. Um, you know, formations are formations, and you know, for me, you can tinker about and change formations. But at the end of the day, you know, 
you're strong. You're going to be starting with a strong eleven mm-hmm. anyway, whether it's going to be four four two, whether it's going to be four five one. Yeah. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. It's you know, the players 11, now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's down to the players at the end of the day, and you know, if they put the shift in and the work rate, and you know, we, you know, we know Sunderland's good enough to still. Um, but you know, again, you know, confidence will have been hit. You know, but that's you know, we've got to get back on track now. Whatever's happened in the past, you know, past results are behind them. Yeah. But behind us, we you can't change the past. No. You know, what we've got to do is make sure that our next game, you know, is, is we get you know a win. You know. Yeah, it's a tough one. We all know that. You know, Man United are a great, you know are a great side. You know, they're, they're, they're year in year out. But you know, results happen. You know, and Man United can be upset. And you know, Man United can be beaten. You know, they're not they're not inevitable. You know, they're not indestructible. You know, we can go and beat them. I think um, that's why. You know, I think that's why Saturday is such a big game because if we can if we can get a good result in that game, it'll, it will give us a massive boost going into those final seven games. Um, oh, it's that confidence, it and if we can get something, if we can nick a result. You know, they'll, yeah. you know, you're looking at 34 points, um, and you, you know, there's, there's other teams have got to play after us. We're the first, so they're looking yeah, at us. Exactly. Can't something got a result, and then the pressure's on them to get results. Yeah, so. of course, yeah, exactly. And you know, you put the pressure back onto onto the other teams. You know, we've gone and done. We, you know, we've gone and done our job. You know, we've gone and got the result that we wanted. You know, and now you have got to go out. You know, with pressure on your shoulders, knowing for a fact that we've just picked three points up. You know. And, and you force the pressure back on them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a pressure environment at the end of the day. You know, football always is. Uh, you know, regardless of where you're at, the top or the bottom. Um, you know, it, it, it's a pressure game. You know, and, and it's who can, who can handle the pressure better. You know, and who can deal with it. You know, uh, you know, and I, I feel quite confident. You know, that you know that the lads, lads will, you know, will do well and stay up this season. You know, the second, you know, these remaining games that we've got left. You know, I feel a lad. You know, Martin will have them geared up, ready for it. Um, you know, and we'll be all right. You know, I, I don't envisage just going down. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. It's got to start, you know, as, as I've sat there, you know, it's got to be, a, you know, a nice, confident, you know, team out there, you know, a nice, nice, a good team that's going to work, you know, work the socks off, you know, till the 90th minute, you know, and, and you know, let's, let's go and see what Man United have got at the end of the day, you mm-hmm. know, 
you know, I, I know, I know everyone's saying, oh, you know, it's easy to say that. You know, it is, it is from the sidelines. But at the end of the day, you know, if the lads go out there with the right attitude and put Man United under under pressure, then you know, who knows? You know, the the, the game could go, go as, you know, as we all want it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got experience in in that uh, specifically, Darren, because I know you play for Sunderland. You know, your best years for Sunderland were the. Championship winning side that decided to finish seventh twice, and I keep going back to this 96 97 season, unfortunately. But that's just because it's relevant to what we're talking about now and the, the position Sunderland's in now. But you beat Man United that season, of course, when again we were struggling at the bottom. Manchester United actually won the league that year. Is there yeah. is, so it, it's in a similar sort of position, I suppose. Can you remember much about that game and, 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 and yeah. how Peter Reid got you up for it and what happened? Yeah, I mean, to be, from obviously from our point of view, you know, you, we, you know, we, we were fighting, you know, we wanted to stay in the league, you know, we, you know, we wanted to, you know, be in, still in the Premiership, and you know, and when you're playing up against the likes of Man United, you know what I mean? You, you want to do well, you know, that that's a, that's a stage, that's a stage for you, you know, you, you go out there, you set yourself, you know, playing against the best team in the in the league, you know, this week, you know, let's go and see what we can do, and you know, really was you know the most confident confident person in the world to be quite honest, you know, and he used to drill it into us all the time that we we, we were good enough. Um, you know, and I, I remember, you know, um, Michael Gray scored, John Mullen scored, yeah. but un- unfortunately, you know, uh, Andy Melville got, you know, scored an OG. <laughs> and I think, you know, at that time, everybody's then thinking, oh, he's Man yeah. United going to snatch it, you know, later on or something like that. But we, you know, we were we'd done well, and you know, we'd, we'd worked hard enough in the game to, you know, to see it out, and you know, and get the three points, and you know, we did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the the one game you remember from that season as well, a bit bittersweet. Um, the game at Middlesbrough, because of course, I suppose any game that season is a bit bittersweet because we went down. But obviously, we went to Middlesbrough. Yeah, I think you were supposed to be man Mark and Janino that day. <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't actually start the game, and that gave you a little bit of freedom to head the winner in. It did, yeah. It, it, you know, it, to be fair, it gave me a lot of freedom in the first <laughs> half. You know, which, which was fantastic. I remember before the game, you know, obviously, you know, we had gone on all week about, you know, I'd be man Martin Janini or this, that and the other. You know, we get to Middlesbrough, you know, the team's read out. Peter tells us the team in the dressing room, you know, and I actually actually kind of stood up and said, well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to go and sit next to him on the bench? Do you know what I mean? You know, it was one of those scenarios. And, you know, unfortunately for me, you know, I got a little bit of freedom. I remember Paul Bracewell actually telling me to get in the box at the time for it. Um, you know, I went in, obviously scored the goal, you know, which was fantastic. And you know, again, we, you know, we were, bre- you know, we were full of confidence. You know, mm-hmm. and it, you know, we went on, obviously won the game. You know, which was was a fantastic result. Obviously, unfortunately, at the end of the season, you know, it didn't work out. You know, we all thought, we, you know, we weren't relying on forty points, but you know, it, we, you know, you, you kind of think you're there or thereabouts to stay up. But yeah. you know, unfortunately, it didn't work out for us. But we were kind of still playing with confidence, and still, you know, still. Expecting yeah. ourselves to go and win games, you know, and I think that's what you've got to go and do. It makes me sick to think about that season because we actually <laughs> we actually won two of our last four league games as well, and the fact that that wasn't enough then frightens the life out of me now. Mm. When I look at the fixtures we have now, thinking that you know yeah. six points wasn't enough back then, but do you think we'll stay up, Darren? Yeah, honestly, I do. You know, I really do. And I, you know, I said this at the start. Yeah, you know, like I say, it's been a shock. To, you know, a shock to everyone be in this position now but you know honestly it's, it, to be fair it's in our own hands you know it's in our own hands you know we're, we're clear of the relegation uh, you know and we make sure we maintain that and stay clear of the relegation at the end of the day and I do yeah you know I, I, I think we'll, you know, we'll be fine at the end of the season um, yeah it's obviously a close shave coming towards the end and everyone's you know probably panicking a bit but you know it's just a matter of getting behind the team you know the lads going out there you know full of confidence week in week out you know and, and just putting the all in, you know, between now and the end of the season. Yeah. Just before we let you go, Darren, um, you're manager of Whitby now. Uh, how's that going? Was that a management or something you want you wanted to do? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I toyed with it for a little while, um, and you know, and obviously go, going through the leagues, this that, and the other, you know, and, uh, and obviously I got the opportunity out with him, you know, which, which was fantastic. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. You know, I'm looking, yeah. you know, and what I'm doing is obviously, you know, I'm trying to build a platform, you know, I'm trying to trying to do well. You know, I, I, as I kind of did in my career, you know, I started off at the bottom, and I, you know, I kind of worked my way up. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was one massive jump at the time to Sunderland, which you know was was fantastic. But yeah. you know, that's that's what I'm looking to do. You know, I've got to set my foundations. I've got to learn learn the trade from from a manager's point of view uh, in the lower leagues. Um, and then who knows? You know, one day I might, you know, I might be manager Sunderland. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> I would love to say that. I think people would love to say that. Genuinely, love to say that. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Darren. Um, I hope we can speak again soon. Yeah, no best problem. Of, best of luck with me, fella. Thanks to Darren there. Um, it was quite good there, Gareth, wasn't he? Yeah, get him on more often if he's up for it. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. I have to get him in the studio one week. I think we're gonna. Crack on to the Manchester United game. We can't put off. We can't put this off any longer. <laughs> uh, we're probably, thirty games. Yeah, <laughs> we're probably going to be able to count on one hand, Gareth, how many times we touch the ball on Saturday. Let's be realistic about this. Though we have beaten Manchester City this season by being patient, being yeah. patient and effective on the counter attack. Bearing in mind, this season's win against Manchester City wasn't like last season's, where mm. it was back to the wall for 90 minutes. We got one break at the end. We actually we could have scored three or four against Manchester City this year. Can the players replicate this? I think I think they can in, in some respects. It's, in games like this, you always think, and we might have the kind of players who can live up to this, it's the, it's the concentration levels in, an, in the job you've been given. If, if, if Martin O'Neill gives them roles in the game, that they have to fulfil and and they can concentrate on that and do those jobs, then we, we could get something from the game. Um, but it's a, I think it's less of ability in these sorts of games because Man United are always going to hurt you. So you, you've got you've got that that motivation there that I've got to stick to my job. Like, like Darren was saying on the phone there about you know his job, man Mark Janino, man Mark Janino, yeah. and he had that in his mind all week. I hope that the players on Saturday have got have got specific job roles yeah. in this game. It's been all prepped properly. And I think that's what so. in the first win against Man City, I think that was something that was very very clear that the players at the levels of concentration in that game were outstanding, and they're going to have to do that at the weekend. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you some straws I've been clutching at. <laughs> that I suppose most people have been clutching at is the fact that Manchester United have a big. In fact, it was you who brought this to my attention, Gareth. Manchester United have a big game yep. two days later, quarter-final replay against Chelsea. We now have Dom Rayner on the phone from ESPN. He's a journalist for ESPN, a Manchester United fan. You all right, Dom? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, hi, fellas. Um, hiya. We're clutching on straws are you, Dom. How likely are Manchester United to, you know, will they weaken their team selection, do you think? Um, weaken it. And well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have, I should have <laughs> yeah. certainly rephrased that because <laughs> because people like Danny Welbeck and Hernandez yeah, up front. Kidella. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. it's it's really it's really weakening the side. But will it change the side? I, th- I think, yeah, I think he, he think he will change the side, considering that you know he's been saying all season really that um, how much he'd like to win the FA Cup because it's been what nine years now mm-hmm. since really? United won it. Um, but of course, to do that, you've got to get past Chelsea first. Yeah. Um, and given that obviously there's been a massive round of international matches and players travelling all over the place, if you throw that into the mix as well, then I certainly think he is going to change personnel for the Sunderland game. Yeah. I think if you, he's going to draw on people who are you know international retirees, such as you know uh, Vidic, Giggs. 
think they'll both get a game. Yeah. Uh, Rio Ferdinand as well. I'm, I would consider him an international retiree now. After yeah. uh, <laughs> possibly, quite possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, other players like Rafael and Anderson, both Brazilian internationals, but didn't play. They'll probably be in there too. Anderson is somewhat of a worry for me. Mm-hmm. I think up front as well as there'll be. I think it's still going to be strong because. I suspect the England pair of Rooney and Welbeck will both play, mm-hmm. despite playing for England, obviously, against Montenegro, because Van Persie, he, um, he scored a couple of goals at the weekend to break his kind of what's 10 games he's gone now with United without scoring. Yeah. Um, broke his goal drought, but he played every, virtually every minute of two games for the Dutch. So I think he's probably likely to rest him. And Hernandez similarly scored for Mexico, but... You know, he's got a long journey. And I know um, Fergie's kind of put on a private jet for him yep. to get him back, but that's particularly in time for the Chelsea game because he's got a very good scoring record against Chelsea. So I would expect Van Persie and Hernandez to start against Chelsea and Rooney and Welbeck to start against um, Sunderland. Easy, Gareth, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought you might have played a week inside because now it's such a massive... Is it 15-point lead in the... I mean, who would throw away a 15-point lead at the top, you know? Yeah. Well, the, the that would only be a ridiculous thing to throw away a 15-point lead, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think well, that's ever happened before. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, um, in previous times when there's been Premier League games not against, say, Arsenal, Man City or whatever, people have expected Fergie to play a week inside because he had a lead in the Premier League. Um, but he's put out, you know... a strong, strong side, stronger than people expected, and because of that, managed to get the victories and build up this lead. So, you know, he does have a luxury of, you know, losing the odd game here or there and still being in a comfortable position, but I still think he's going to put out a very strong side. Do you think maybe that, because it maybe really hurt him, obviously losing the title of Man City last season, do you think he really wants to drill it home this season, like, win by as many points as he possibly can, just smash them completely? <laughs> well... Yeah, that's. I, I think. I, well, I can't think that even Ferguson would think that at this point of the season they'd be 15 points clear of no. Man City. When you consider that the only player of uh, only high-profile marquee player you would say that he added was Van Persie. Um, to for him to make that much difference. I mean, you think he. he Think of the, the goals that he scored at the start of the season where he was the main difference between uh, losing and drawing and drawing and winning. Um, and now, although he's you know not on the same kind of form at the moment, it, that one addition has made such a massive, massive difference, whereas Man City seems to have gone the other way. They yeah. don't seem to be as good as they were last year. Um, and maybe that's because Mancini was desperate to recruit people in the summer and none of them arrived, really, or mm. none of the targets he wanted arrived. Mm. It seems absolutely crazy of me, Dom, to ask you where the game can be won and lost for both sides, considering the gulf in class and form. But is there any area that Martin O'Neill and Sunland can exploit on Saturday, or is there any player or area of Sunland's side that you could ever possibly be worried about? Well, I, I alluded to it earlier that I'm not a fan of Anderson. I mean, he's been at Old Trafford now for five years, and as far as I can see, he's not really done anything. Right. Um, he's often caught out of position, 
because he likes to he he used to be more of an attacking midfielder and he's been played more of a defensive midfielder mm. at yeah. United but he still likes to bring the ball forward unfortunately when he brings the ball forward he generally loses it nice. and therefore he's left out of position so I think that is a, a weakness that could be exploited also um, at left back I think um, Evra might be rested after playing for France and then with the Chelsea game in mind and uh, Butner will come in there and he wasn't convincing against mm, Reading right. um, just before the international break so if you combine those two areas I think there's certainly positions to attack and focus mm-hmm. on with regards to Sunderland I actually think bizarrely that Fletcher's injury is almost a help for, for this game I certainly know what you mean yeah. he's He's been trying to kind of shoehorn the the four four two, hasn't absolutely, he? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. With Fletcher and Danny Graham, and I don't think either player seems to work that well in that no. system. So by the, because of this, he's going to have to revert. I would guess. I'm not Martin O'Neill, yeah. but I guess he's going to go back to a four five one. Yeah. And I would I would play Graham up there, even though I know Connor Wickham's scored mm-hmm. a couple of goals on uh, England uh, under twenty one duty. Yeah. yeah. Because that was the position that he flourished in at, at Swansea before kind of meet you came and kind of burst his bubble there um, and I think that is the formation he'll function better in mm-hmm. that could get his confidence up um, it's the role he revels in and also you can then play um, Sessegnon who's obviously a standout talent in that hole and he can kind of chip in with more goals. I mean, yeah. he's not been on his most inspired form this season, but he's still been scoring goals. He's two in the last four, yeah, I think he's yeah. got. He's, he's sort of come to life a little bit, but we've been having this very discussion ourselves earlier on, Dom, um, about Fletcher and Graham, this Fletcher-Graham situation. We've we've been talking for weeks about how the four four two wasn't working and that, so you, you'd, we're definitely on the same wavelength with you there, and we've been saying it's sink or swim time for Graham, certainly. Um, but... Did with the money we spent generally, Sunderland? Uh, are you surprised where we are with the way the win a relegation scrap all of a sudden? I'm very surprised, I have to say. I mean, even if you don't just think about the money spent um, this season on like Fletcher and Johnson and Graham himself, which is quite big amounts of money, but just generally over time, Sunderland spent a lot of money, mm-hmm. and they they should be in a better position than they are. They seem to be. I don't want to use the word underperforming, but they don't seem to be maximising from the investment and the fan base and the following that they have. I think if you look at someone like Swansea, mm-hmm. who for a lot less money are, have a very good structure in place and they're doing really well, and I can't understand myself why a team like Sunderland, who's spent a lot of money, got big-name players there, big-name managers as well, on on a similar level or even better than let's say Everton yeah. who you know haven't got the financial the same financial muscle it's, it's a difficult one isn't it mm-hmm. it's, a, mis- it's a mystery to you it's a mystery to us as well I think, I think we've bought we've had very good players at times and we've sold them at maybe the wrong time and then we've brought the players in we needed around those better players in with the money that we've we've received for those better players and then, then unfortunately ended up with I mean Steve Bruce sort of has a, a. I can see what he's trying to do, but he kind of has a lot to answer for in the sense that he, you know, he's, he bought eleven players in the summer, um, eleven squad players basically, and now we'll, all we've got left is these squad players. And yes, he's uh, O'Neill spent a lot of money, you know, but 
I defy anyone to say that they wouldn't have spent the 10 million on Johnson and they wouldn't have spent the, the 11, 12 million on, on, on Fletcher. Mm -hmm. I think, yes, they, they were expensive, but they were premium players and he was trying to add that quality. And I think, he, you know, there's a lot of debate about Johnson. I don't know if, how much have you seen of, of Johnson this season. There's a lot of debate about him being, you know, not, not being very good, basically. <laughs> Well, that's the. I haven't seen as much of him this season as I, as I saw last season. But what I have seen, and what I've heard from friends of mine who are Sunderland fans, is exactly that: is that he doesn't seem to be having that same impact that he seems to have at City. But interestingly, at City, Mancini only ever usually used him as a substitute because yeah. he used to say he didn't have the impact in the full 90 minutes. Obviously, that annoyed uh, Johnson, yeah. and obviously he wanted to leave after that. But maybe. Mancini was right. Maybe he's just not at the point to be able to deliver consistently for 90 minutes. Mm. But he is a, obviously a talented player. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's up to the manager to get that out of him, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I doubt anyone outside the blue off Manchester uh, Dom last year doubted that Manchester United would bounce back, win the league this year. Um, with the manager Fergie, obviously, he, he evolves and adapts to the ever changing tactics, uh, aspects of tactics and systems rather effort effortlessly. Uh, must be terrifying for you to worry about what's after him what what comes after Ferguson does it uh, yeah I think <laughs> it does I think the problem is it's been so good for so long that um, the fear is that it's going to be I, I can't see it ever being going back to the 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 when Busby left for instance yeah and there was a long fallow years with you know um, Wilf McGuinness Franco Faro. Tommy Doherty, Dave Sexton, all the like, and nothing, nothing like the success we've got now. And Fergie's got such a hold over the club, similarly to Busby did back then, um, that there's a feeling that whoever succeeds him isn't going to be able to live up to the standards. And he's, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of struggles having the the, the shadow of Fergie over mm. him all the time. I think. In order to avoid that, you need someone with total self-belief. Mourinho. Can, yeah, I was going to say, you can probably see where I'm going with this, can't you? It has, I, think if, I think if Man United got Mourinho, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the league. In, in a space of ten years, I wouldn't be surprised if they won it eight or nine times. I think it would be the, I think they would, that would be the perfect combination. I think Ferguson's almost been grooming Mourinho for this role. Yeah, and you, th you think of the Champions League game against Real Madrid mm. when Mourinho was basically conducting a job interview in the media yeah. wasn't he saying you know the, the best team lost and all that kind of rubbish um, but he was he's usually a very spiky character and he was very you know nicey nicey wasn't he against Man United the problem is of course that Mourinho is available this summer well in all likelihood he's going to be available this summer because mm. he's not really settled well with uh, Florentino Perez at Real Madrid however is Fergie willing to step aside this mm. some, this summer I don't think he is, and there is no good time for Fergie to leave, but he can't go on forever, so does he, with Mourinho available, does he feel like he might step aside earlier than he mm -hmm. wants to, to to allow United, in my opinion, to get, get the best manager after Fergie that's going to help yeah. the team continue at the top? It's a tough one, isn't it, because yes. you could never... I would, I would rather have that problem than the problem <laughs> than the problems we normally have, Dom. I've got to say that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I accept that. <laughs> Finally, Dom, uh, just quickly, will, do you think Sullen will go down? Yes or no? 
I don't know. I don't think they will go down. I think quickly the bottom three, I reckon, is going to be QPR. Uh, I think. Well, that has brought us to an end again. We've run out of time again, thanks to Dom and to Darren Williams, of course, getting an ex-Sunham player on. It can never be a bad thing. Gareth, um, we're going to have to just quickly wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, we What we think, and we have to play this 4-5-1, yeah. whether it comes in the in the form of a 4-4-1-1 or a 4-5-1 stroke 4-3, whatever. Danny Graham has to play up front by himself now, doesn't he? And we yeah. have to try and flood the midfield. If we don't ordinarily do it against other sides, but against Manchester United, we have to put as many midfielders and as many bodies in there as possible. Yeah, I just think it's important. You know, we're, we're solid and the, the players, con- the concentration, that's what they should be thinking about. Shouldn't be thinking about too much, you know, ab- about, you know, delivering too much on the ball I just think the need to be concentrated and solid in the game and nullify the threat first and then maybe if they can keep it tight 20, 20 minutes to go then yeah. start having a go get them on the break and uh, you know should win yeah. simple what's easy isn't it what's your easy football management quick, quick scoreline prediction uh, one all Really, I'm going for it. Positive. If you can't be positive, I think a draw. Would be, I think a draw would be a great result. Nil nil. I would be happy with, and that that isn't beyond the range of no. possibility. I don't think. Okay, everybody, thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week with another podcast. Over and out. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.